And I'm Wendy. Welcome to our podcast, Queer Religion, where we're going to be talking about some things like sexual identity and where it overlaps with spiritual identity. Like a conversation with friends, maybe getting a drink. Like a boba tea with rainbows and some unicorns and maybe a few other fancy flags. I don't know. That sounds fun. Let's get started. All right. So we wanted to take a minute here and just talk about why this podcast. Um, I think... Oh, I feel like yeah. it's just important to have space to have these conversations. Because in my experience, there's just not been a lot of opportunity to talk about where my faith and my sexual identity have overlapped, or even how that works in my you know day-to-day life with, with other people. And to have a space where I can have that conversation and also hear other people's experiences seems really valuable. Well, it's kind of like a discussion that we tend to avoid, I think, because for some people it has a lot of pain um, in their experiences. And for other people, maybe their experience isn't very painful, and then they feel like it's, why would I even talk about it? But I think that in this space, I, I value those conversations because I feel like it gives people, I don't know, a, a space to digest new things, uh, to pull in what they feel is useful and valuable. Yeah, and, and get resources from others, you know, here's how someone dealt with something, maybe I could do that too, or here's something I hadn't thought of before, and use that moving forward. Because you can always take things out of people's stories that are valuable, like your story itself is valuable, your journey matters, and it's going to be different for everybody, so I think there are things that we can learn from each other that are useful, and um, yeah, I think I think we need to have conversations about that, so... So Heather, this is our first podcast, and we are here in the middle of COVID. I know everyone's tired of hearing about COVID, but you're going to hear some extra sounds and things that probably you wouldn't hear in a a different age and a different time. But we're going to go ahead and start this podcast and get it rolling because we think it's important and it's something that you guys and ourselves can benefit from. So Definitely. Yeah. So what we're going to be talking about today, uh, Heather, is your story about where you have, um, I don't know, where your crossroads, I guess, the iconic moments in your journey between your sexual identity and your religious identity, your background in that. That sounds good. (laughs) Let's get it started. Perfect. Let's go. (laughs) Um, Why don't you tell me, uh, first of all, where where did you grow up? Like, what what area? What was it like, Um, your your hometown growing up? Well, I grew up in what we call, like, the Midwest. I grew up in Ohio. Um, I, I think it's like a kind of a smaller town, not super small, but um, yeah, I definitely grew up in a church, in the Presbyterian Church, and I uh, spent a lot of time there, and then as I got older, went to different youth groups at different locations, like Methodist, um, a few others, you know, so I had a lot of church organized religion experiences, it was definitely a, a huge part of my growing up and where I spent my time, and and a big part of my identity, I suppose I would say. Now, you grew up, um, as far as in mostly one church, or did you guys kind of skip around, or you have like a specific religious set of beliefs that you held to? Well, I grew up, and I was confirmed in in the Presbyterian church, so that was my family church. Uh, It was really small amount of kids, uh, which is why I ended up going to like different youth programs at different churches, just to be involved in things. Um, Even went to like CCD at the Catholic Church because it was a big Catholic community, um, you know. Just to, so I stayed within that realm, um, but all of my I would say like belief systems sprung from the the Presbyterian faith. Excellent. 
Do you have any iconic childhood memories about church? <laughs> uh, spent a lot of time there. Uh, that, how I guess the question is how involved? How involved were you? Um, very involved in church life. Uh, my parents were elders and deacons, you know, so we helped prepare a lot of things. The the pastor's kids were mine and my sister's close friends. Um, so in the day in day out, like life of the church i would say we were really involved and we always stayed late i was shutting it down like um, you know and we had a lot of potlucks and a lot of community and when i was a teenager i did vacation bible school i led vacation bible school classes i helped in the nursery um so i think we were really active so you almost the lived church. there it, you know it felt like that sometimes it did i got sometimes maybe too comfortable <laughs> in the space so for someone who didn't grow up Presbyterian, if you were to like slide yourself on a scale conservative versus pretty liberal in the religious world, like how would you describe that? Any like key tenets that would be something that they could understand or, or kind of put together and compare it to their own? Um, I think that in the 80s and 90s, which when I was growing up, and in the church where I was, cons possibly conservative, maybe more moderate. I've got to say I was pretty sheltered as far as um, an understanding of like, Did you... what life was like. So as an adult standing back to say, oh, well, the, their belief system was more conservative or more mm -hmm. liberal. I'm like, I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention <laughs> to that kind of thing. Right? I was just growing up. Like, I was just, yeah, I was just living my life. And I definitely had a kind of a limited scope on my worldview. Um, we did do like missions with Africa and those kinds of things. But as far as, um, as liberal, I would not say liberal. Yeah. I would not say liberal. Um, and like I couldn't say, oh, well, my particular church stood in this space on like women mm -hmm. um, in the pulpit or stood in this place on any sort of gay thing because like that just was not anything that was on my radar at the time mm -hmm. and it hadn't come up. like. So I don't have any context specifically, but it was definitely a very, very, what I imagine now as like white Christian. Mm, yeah. Like we're not gonna have sex before we get married and we're going to, you know, tithe to the church. And yeah. that kind of show is very important. Service was important. Right. Um, so that was something that I do remember growing up saying, you know, like we would go to rescue mission and, um, you know, we always helped people that were coming through doing their missions to other countries. Um, so I remember that being very important. So I, I think those are the things that stuck out to me yeah. as growing up, but I, I'm not sure. Sure. Well, no, because I mean, everything, everyone has like, for example, I grew up in the Adventist church, right? So. There are ranges in the Adventist Church. Um, typically, West Coast in general is considered more liberal, and then you know Midwest, South is very conservative, and then there are subgroups inside of that that are even more conservative. So all the way from only wearing dresses for women to um, eating purely vegan, like that's one section of it. All the way over to you know um, on other sides, people have like the West Coast is more likely to eat meat, the more likely to uh, wear whatever they want. It's just considered uh, this spectrum. So I was, you know, yeah. I feel curious. like Presbyterian Church is, is definitely the same. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not 100% sure where my church at the time, mm -hmm. you know, fell in that. Um, I would say it wasn't ultra, it wasn't ultra conservative because I right. didn't have any of those experiences. Um, but I don't think 
it was very liberal because I feel like I would have been aware of more things at that time in my life than I what, was. What things would you have been yeah, more aware like, of? Let's talk about that. Yeah, like, uh, you know. Or maybe, maybe for as far as sexuality goes, as far as Presbyterian, the, the general concept for, for sexuality was don't have don't, any sex to don't marriage. Talk don't talk about it. Like, what, what yeah, is I was the like, don't, don't. Yeah, it was definitely not a conversation anyone was really having outside of like sex is for when you get married mm-hmm. and getting married is important um, and getting married to another Christian is important. Mm. You know, like I can definitely remember like the verse about being evenly yoked. Oh, yes. Like, yeah. Gotta marry another Christian, you know, and share the same thing. Better if they're Presbyterian. You know, like, you know, make it as even as you can. And um, and a lot of focus on those, like, more nitty-gritty, detail-y things. Like, well, we do the Apostles' Creed, and we do this. And, like, when it came to, like, what the faith was, those kind of tenets. Like, um, you know, believing in, um, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Like, those those kind of things. Not having saints, you know, because we had a lot of Catholics in our community. So, like, yeah. that comparison of, like, you know, we don't do that. Um, those things stood out more. And, like I said, the... The sexuality part wasn't even like, you know, you were created to enjoy things. None of that, you know, right. it was just like you. Yeah, you're gonna get married, and that's good. And, and you that's when you enjoy yes, sexuality. And, and we For don't even need to say. Yeah, and we won't even need to say. Like, so it just was not like a. This is not like a conversation piece. No safe. No safe sex. Like. Oh no. Oh no. No, that wasn't. So I guess okay. then, how did you come into your sexual identity in that in that picture? Like, how did What's the, the story in, in that? How did your sexual identity intersect with your faith? Yeah, I think it was... I mean, it, it started out being a little conflicted, you know, in high school as I became more, like, sexual as a person, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know... By the, by the way, real quick, how, how do you identify just... Oh, I identify as a lesbian. Okay. Yes. And Good she, her... Yes, those are my pronouns. Okay. Um... Yeah, so as I was, like, kind of getting into that, I did not know uh, gay people or what gay people were mm-hmm. or that, like, fantasizing about boobs might make you a little bit gay. Like, so there were a lot of things that I just was super... Wait, wait, let's go back to that. Oblivious so, to? So about your what, in high school, and you're yeah. like, does everyone not look at boobs? Like, boobs are amazing. Like, right, and I, I didn't. I didn't know, and I didn't talk about it, but I definitely had the messages of, like, girls get with guys, and that was, like, I mean, mm-hmm. that was the message from very early on, you right. know, like, so, and that was... That was just the standard. That yeah, that was just, yeah. like, how it is, and there were, and if I think back, you know, there are little, like, outliers in, in high school, I can remember, like, hearing about Ellen, but I, like, I wasn't allowed to watch that kind of, that kind of thing, <laughs> you know, like, there was just, there's just so much, like I said, I was pretty sheltered, if I look back, right. kind of at my experiences, um, so things that I just was not picking up on and um and I definitely like you know went with the flow and um I only had like one really serious boyfriend and like that seemed like the way to go and I was happy you know and it was like mm-hmm. it was fine and but it definitely that hit into like with the church right because they were just like uh, you should not have sex and I had done the true love weights program and you know that was my experience and and what what is by the way side sidebar what is the true love general description true love weights program um it encourages young women men too I think but um to 
promise that they'll wait till they get married to have sex. Mm -hmm. That's the general premise, and you can like go to little classes about it, and there's like a ring ceremony. It's some people definitely find it creepy. <laughs> I didn't find it creepy at the time, you know. It's just retrospectively, yeah. like, put a wedding band on for someone that's for not, I yeah. not even like, know who. Yeah, and, okay. just, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I was like, okay, sure. But I mean, you're a teenager too. Yes. You're definitely saying, yeah, okay, parents, okay, like elders in my community, I'm definitely doing those things. And then you're definitely doing teenager things. Like, it's like going to the dentist when they ask you if you floss, and you're like, why, of course. Every day. Every Can't you day. tell in there? Are you minimizing your sweets? Absolutely. <laughs> like, is that tapping yes, in your mouth? Absolutely. No. Right, and your dentist doesn't actually believe you, but you're sure your parents do. Yeah, and so, you know, I, I, I feel like it was definitely that kind of experience where I was like, mm-hmm, sure, but I was a teenager, and I was exploring how I felt and who mm -hmm. I was and being the little bit of rebel that I um, just enough. And yeah, just enough to like push the limits, but not really get in any kind of trouble. And um, it, you know, so that was kind of like, okay, well, people in church should know <laughs> that this is, you know, how I feel, and and you know, the choices that I'm making. But then, like, also, there were everybody that I had dated was from a church as well. Right. So I was like, well, we're all kind of in this together. We're right. not supposed to be doing it, but we're definitely doing. Because you're making your your dating people that you went to church groups with, right? Like, yeah whether it's the church that you were at or another youth group, because you went to quite a few. Yeah, different youth groups. Yeah. And, you know, so the people I met, like, they were in the church, some kind of the church, right, too. So it's just, you know. And most churches typically are going to be like, we didn't tell marriage to have sex, yeah, right? They're not going to be like, please, have a nice, enjoy yourself. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, and, and most 17-year-olds are just figuring it out. Yeah. Um, but for me, I still felt like ah, I belong to my home church, and, and definitely, hey, we're all sinners. I definitely get that message, too, and we were, are figuring it out. And I, I, So I didn't feel, like, isolated or, or pushed aside mm -hmm. or anything because of that. And, um, and then I went away to college, and that's when I became much more aware of, like, oh, all these feelings that I'm having, like the fact that I'm being intimate with my best friend and her best friend. Wait, time out Another here. friend like, of ours. Let's revisit this just, just a tad here. And so you had started moving from your boyfriend like did you have a transition or you're in high school uh, still you're in college when well, did you start yeah I would say I was I was being very friendly with your <laughs> friends well I was very friendly with my friends uh I was at the end of the end of high school and okay. it was definitely an interesting group of us that I think we're all kind of experiencing that same you know finding your identity finding yourself and we were in the same group because we worked together and um and so there were a lot of those layers of like, oh, well, we're really good friends, and sometimes when we get drunk, we also make out, you know, yeah. like, and you're trying to figure out, what does that mean? What does that say about me? Because I also have this boyfriend, and, you know, mm, or like, yeah. I feel this way about this friend, and I don't want that friend getting close. So it gets very, like, high school, I mean, it was high school. <laughs> so it gets very high school-y and strange. A little bit of drama. Yeah, so you, yeah, of course. And, and, and so sometimes, too, you think, oh, well, maybe that's all that that is, like, high school drama. Right. And eventually we worked ourselves out to like, okay, no, I have like intimate feelings for this other person. And yeah. what are we going to do about that? And how are we going to tell this person like, hey, I can't mess around with you anymore. And also we should break up with our boyfriends, you know, mm. like, because I, we, this is, feels like we have a relationship, you know, yeah. like we, and, and getting to know what that is and, and coming to terms with being okay with that and moving forward. So that, that experience, freshman to sophomore year of college um, now I'm not at home anymore. Right. So I'm not in my church, and being a freshman in college, I really wasn't searching for, like, a, a so, Sunday morning responsibility. Oh, you didn't, you didn't want to get up on a Sunday in college? No, I was okay. 
Um, before we go through college, can, did you know you were gay before you went to college? Like, do you have an iconic moment of knowing or, or you just kind of figured it out in that process of what you're saying? Yeah, I don't think that I knew that I was gay because I didn't, I didn't see it in that bigger picture. I okay. saw it and it's like, I really want to be with this person. Gotcha. I really, and it was later that I was like, oh, and I'm also really into, like, being on other girls. And I'm also like, and I definitely went through the thing of like, okay, maybe I'm, maybe I'm bi. That, okay. As I talked to a friend in, co- in high mm-hmm. school who was like, um, have you heard of this? And I was like, oh, no. bisexuality, interesting thought. You know, so I was learning on the, on the job there a lot. Like, oh, this is, this is a thing well, that I, I could be. Well, I feel like bisexuality is like a stop on the way to lesbian for a lot gateway of. Drug. Oh, that's a gateway drug. Just <laughs> marijuana. Um, for a lot of people, right? So it's not unusual. But some people are clearly bisexual and other people are like, and no, yeah. I'm definitely women only. That's all my thing. Okay, so I, I derailed you. I'm going to send you back. <laughs> so you, by this time you were just starting college mm-hmm. and you did connect to a church? I did not, no. I didn't, and, um, you know, when I went home for holidays, definitely still went to my family's church, and then um, eventually they switched churches. I just went wherever, you know, they went. Um, And I never felt disconnected in that way. I always felt like I could go with Mm -hmm. my family. And, um, but as I became out and then active in the LGBTQ community on campus, then I started to see how a lot of outspoken, quote unquote, Christians mm-hmm. saw the LGBT community. And um, that's why I was like, oh, wow, people really hate us. Yeah. Like, and, and that, I think, is like the moment that impacted then how I feel connected to organized religion the rest of my adult life. And had you come out to your parents by then? Did you actually come out to them, or I did. I did come out to them some sometime in college. I can't remember if it was my sophomore year or my junior year. Um, my memories of that are just that it was a challenging ride. I don't remember the moment that I came out to them, mm-hmm. um, but I do remember a holiday in particular when I had like come home from college and uh, my mom just like was not getting it like you know she just wasn't getting it and 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 all I can remember now you know is that she had said when you're not here I just don't think about it oh and Mm -hmm. you know so like well I wasn't there most of the time right so for her anytime I came back you know it's that smack in the face and I'm saying like my girlfriend my girlfriend my girlfriend you know and I'm saying oh I'm I'm going with vision and uh, the GLBT group on campus you know Mm -hmm. doing these things and it was just like oh you know so she's having this kind of really negative reaction because for her it's like a shock every time I come home for me this is the daily this is life norm, right? this is who I am this is where I'm accepted this is what I'm because you decided this is the truth that you I'm decided living. to be out like I'm this is who I am and yeah. everyone else can deal with it because I'm confident that this is who I am and I'm okay with that yeah yeah and I definitely felt like my family should accept me and love me anyway like I just couldn't understand why that could even be an option again mm-hmm. sheltered <laughs> but you know like and and i think it's a credit to my family i was raised believing that they unconditionally loved me that is a huge a huge you know benefit, so yeah. why maybe it's difficult for you maybe you don't like it but like i expect you i expect you to love me. i expect you to love me and, and treat me with like kindness and not have like this it was i just remember being very traumatic i think it was like a thanks 
think it was a Thanksgiving, I just remember crying really hard in the living room and like realizing that it was mm-hmm. not okay at that point in time in our lives. And I was just like really devastated by that. And I'm happy to say that, you know, time and conversation has moved us from that place. And, you know, my parents are unconditionally loving my, myself and mm-hmm. my wife and, you know, they, they're always there for me. And they were always there for me. There was never a point where they said we we can't be there for you or don't come home or anything mm-hmm. like that it was just tense and uncomfortable at times and weird conversations sometimes but they always welcomed me and right. loved me do you feel like they were worried about like your salvation and I don't or that you just really never, never had those asked. conversations very gotcha. self-centered you know i wasn't i was like i don't care what your problem is <laughs> This is me, and you so they figure out how you're gonna be okay. But I, this is me. <laughs> but I'm fine. And yeah. Nervous. So like I, I never even broached that kind of thing. So I was just like, no, you, you just find a way. Right. I'm your daughter. You find a way. And bless them, they have. Oh, <laughs> see, that's a huge deal. Yeah. No, that's that's excellent. Not everyone gets that benefit. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, talk to me about um, your faith and your religious connection as you moved through college as you dated people did you guys ever try and go to church did you or you mostly just did your own thing yeah I um so you know I still definitely and to this day you know I still have a very strong connection to my faith and spirituality I'm not necessarily like oh I'm a like staunch Presbyterian you know Mm -hmm. more so just like uh you know Christian and definitely more on the outside now of organized religion I see it in a more spiritual way and I'm much more open to other people having interpretations of that as well Mm -hmm. um I don't I used to do a lot of like witnessing trips and like go to the streets of Chicago and try to save people and um you know I'm not out of a good motivation right like you you thought that that was what yeah yeah you were trying to help people trying to save your soul you're welcome (laughs) um you know so like I'm not like that anymore um but definitely having a connection to something greater than yourself, I think is a powerful thing. Mm-hmm. And however you find that, um, I think it can change your life. Yeah. So I advocate for people to have that in their life, not so much like you need Jesus and you need it like this. Like that's not- Less prescriptive. Yeah, that's yeah. not my style. Um, and so as college and from adult, going into adulthood, I was, I really only dated one person. And, okay. and she is a Catholic. Oh, nice. A nice yeah. matchup. Yes. Let's do Protestant and Catholic. <laughs> yes. Reformation going right. on right here. Ireland. Um, but we, so I think interestingly enough, you know, when we did have experiences to go to church together on holidays, because we were from the same hometown, so we'd go home. And um, the issues that came up were never like queer issues. Mm. It was like, no, you can't take communion in the Catholic church because yeah. you are a Protestant. And I, you know, and that was like a, a huge debate for us, but not like we probably shouldn't even be here we're because not, the Catholic not, Church would not appreciate it. Babe, we have a problem because you are letting me take communion. Never mind that your church is pretty clearly against homosexuality. Yeah. We'll come. We'll, yes, we'll be together, but um, that communion. Yeah, so definitely, you know, interesting perspective on what, what was important and what what bothered us but um you know so it it wasn't anything that it, my sexuality wasn't anything that kept me away from the churches that I knew like the church where I grew up going to her church with her but when it came to like 
as I became an adult and I left college and I realized I was, I was missing that community that I'd always had or mm -hmm. that place to go for like traditions and holidays and um, right. things that felt important that were connected to to my faith. Like I, I wanted that space. The and community, I, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And other people that I'd be like, hey, like, we share these same perspectives and ideas and, and so when we have questions about life and we want to tackle them together, we're coming from a similar mindset. But my time being out on my college campus and going to prides and different things made me realize not every place that says they're full of Christians is a place that's going to welcome and nurture mm. and support you. And so I became very, very just nervous and afraid to put myself out there mm -hmm. in a church community to have them basically like turn on me. Right. Right. Because also found that the churches would say like in their brochures, we are welcoming to everyone. But then if I researched their belief system, it was like, oh, well, wait, we think you're fine, but definitely your behavior is sending you to hell. So we're going to try to change that. You like, can't be saved. You come here and we will fix you. And I was like, that's not, yeah. that's not what I'm looking for. You know, and so I just became really put off from trying to connect um, just to protect mm -hmm. myself. Yeah. And I didn't want to go into a space feeling like I have to defend myself. I want to go here because, like, we can build each other up and support each other. You're a place where I can find comfort and strength, you know, the things that I look to as important in faith. Mm -hmm. And and I'm not saying they're, they weren't out there in Baltimore. I'm sure that they are or that they're not out here here. Like, it's just the willingness to go out and kind of be looking and right. how involved do you get and before you realize, oh no! And then you're you, not really giving out the poster of what you're actually doing. Yeah. This is just like a, yes, we welcome everyone, but you have to be willing to change or you can't be here, right? Like, yeah. that's a whole different thing. And um, I also wanted a, a church where they did have some sort of framework of what they believe in, because there are some churches that are super open to like everybody and we love everybody and you can believe whatever you want. And I was like, oh, well, that's great also, but I think I want something a little bit more. So I feel like this hybrid of like this kind of mm. conservative Presbyterian stuff is still in me. Yeah. But I also needed to fit who I am. And that's been a balancing act that I really mm. haven't <laughs> mastered yet. It's still in progress. Yeah. It's still working through. What would you say then has been useful to you transitioning through that? Because it sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong, um, that it was your interactions with other people who had had such poor uh, reception from their faith community that kind of jaded you uh, through college and then maybe some personal experiences um, what did you use to get through that how did you transition into that uh, I would say definitely individuals right people who had shared like oh you know I have been to a church where you know I've been welcomed and seeing things in the news right of like churches voting and and some of the denomination going like and you know sanctifying gay marriage and mm. allowing women in the pulpit and like, uh -huh. so seeing seeing systemic change with an organized religion like that was something that made me feel like oh you know it's, it's out there people are are also in this same space that I'm in like even if I'm not personally within a church home like that is out there it's it's happening yeah. um, and I just definitely did a lot of just kind of faith things by myself you mm -hmm. know just staying 
connected with prayer, doing Lent things, even though like <laughs> not super into Lent, but like it was something concrete yeah. where it feels like, oh, I can do this, and this speaks to my religious upbringing, and it gives me this focus. Um, and so, like, I would do, but I would do like GLBT Bible study mm. for Lent. Like, I would seek out things that specifically I felt like fit me, yeah. um, and let me do that. So, in little ways, um, just to keep that connection in a, in a way where I felt safe. Right. Do you have a connection out where you're at now? Do you feel like you have community, or you're still kind of looking for that? Oh, I'm definitely still looking for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I listen to a church online mm-hmm. that seems nice. <laughs> they seem nice. Seems modern and good Yeah, option. and it's hard. I don't know. Um, but I did go to their Christmas service this past year, and that felt like really, it felt really good yeah. to be in the church at Christmas time. And like growing up, we used to always make fun of the Christmas Easter people because <laughs> we were there every single week. You know, and I was like, oh, here they all come. They're oh, look, we sit. live here, but you're mm, visiting. Don't sit in my seat. Like, <laughs> get out of my pew. Yeah, so it's I like, pay tithes for that pew. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But definitely, you know that thing. But I said, I don't. You know, I don't care. I was like, this yeah. is important to me to to be here and to have this like closeness with others who are celebrating the same thing that I am. And you know, it felt really nice. Um, and even just this past summer, um, my wife and I went back to the East Coast for a funeral and, you know, being in the church together, mm. even though I am pretty sure it was not a church that would have been a good home church for us right. in North not Carolina. Yeah, like it just, but that, that feeling, um, you know, it, it was like, yeah, I, we want... Well, my wife Anna, you know, we want to find that, you know, we talked about when we came home, like that's something that we miss, but it's, it's like a spiritual home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and just that's, that space set aside to connect. And we both really connect, um, in music. Oh we yeah. Love, we love the music part. And, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately in my experience, this may or may not be overarchingly right. true, but in my experience, churches with great praise bands mm-hmm. don't always love gay people. Which they should. Yeah, we love to sing and dance. Like, <laughs> this should be a clear option. Yeah, you know, so I always, again, I get hesitant. I'm like, oh, you have these, like, things that I love that I feel, like, drawn to, uh, you know, in service. And, um, but, ooh, that might mean that you're not that into me. Yeah. And, um, and I guess it is, you know, just sort of taking the time to research and find and go. But life is also very busy. <laughs> just a tad. Just a tad. So, yeah, so I try to just fill that space for myself in other ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would be nice yeah. to find a, a welcoming and singing praise bandy church home. <laughs> I think for uh, a question that I have for you as far as, because it's not necessarily as far as religion goes, but um, I think for a lot of people there's a struggle feeling like who you are sexually is your sexual identity is sometimes not possible to feel like God loves you for who you are. Is there something that you've used or you just have always been confident that God loves you how you are and he's happy to have you? Like what's your Mm. take on that and what construct do you use for that personally? Uh, I think that the easy, that's been easy for me is that I'm like, of course God loves me. Yeah. Like, cause if in, in my belief system, like God created me, as I am 
and this is definitely how I am. Mm-hmm. So like, why I wouldn't I be loved? Yeah, like right. why wouldn't I be loved? This isn't some like choice that I'm making. Mm. You know, Think it's all up. It's all up for debate. Yeah. But that kind of idea of like, this is who I am. If I was created in an image of this higher power, like, of course, I am how I'm supposed to be, and I would be loved for that. So I definitely have never questioned. Yeah, quite a bit of confidence about Thank God's you. love. Perhaps, Good. Perhaps overly yes. confident. But no. Yeah, but which, no, you know, that's a huge benefit, right? And then to have that and be able to move forward in life with that construct, I think is it provides you um, a safe space personally, whether your outside space is contemptuous or, or difficult or stuff like that. So no, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't down that. That's like a... <laughs> Yeah, I definitely, like, for me, my concerns are more like, oh, hey, you know, God, I'm really not being a caring person. You know, <laughs> you know like, those sorts of, those, I see those kinds of flaws in yourself, right, where it's like, oh, you know, I could be much more humble, you know, I could be, you know, those things where I'm like, those are the kinds of character things that How I, I think God people. would want me to work mm, on yeah. if this is what I'm going for, but, like, my sexuality, how I identify, mm-hmm. you know, as as a person, like, that's, that's not something that's it's not connected to my salvation it's it's neutral mm -hmm. yeah it's not a moral issue yeah awesome that's my perspective no I think that's a great perspective and sometimes hard to get to for some people so thanks for sharing that um any let's see any iconic moments uh where you felt like your sexuality and your religion intersect Many moments in my life qualify as iconic. But <laughs> what? what? <laughs> I mean, that seems like a high okay, bar. Okay, maybe maybe a little bit of a high bar. Oh, oh. maybe a better question would be, um, what would you tell your younger self? Ooh, girl. <laughs> All kinds of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Um, but you know, as far as as far as this topic, as far as this topic goes, just yeah, keep. Keep an open mind mm. and and be willing to be vulnerable because um, I think that's what's kept me from like finding a, a church home. You know, I'm just not I'm not into the possibility of getting hurt like that. So right. I just rather not. Um, so I feel like mm, be open to being vulnerable. It could take you to a good place, and there are probably more people out there that would support you than you think. Mm. Um, and don't give as much time and energy to the ones who don't. Uh, so create your own space. Then. Yeah. Because I think in college, I I gave a lot of energy to just the hate groups mm. in what I thought was, you know, putting them down and telling them. And it's like, you don't even need to do that because they're not going to change their mind. They're not going to be any different. Mm-hmm. And that energy... And maybe it's just because I had a lot of energy in my <laughs> early twenties. I was never like, "Oh, this is a this is a very good commodity here." I can yeah, should have saved that for now when I need it. Yeah, but I was. I'm still a very passionate person, but I was definitely a hyper passionate person when I was younger. Um, so I could have just probably saved some yeah. of that. Like put your energy into where it's going to be returned. Yeah, and or even value. something at least more positive. Yeah, yeah. It's like don't waste it on shouting back at these poops they're not worth your time <laughs> just just let it go just go just let it go and move on yeah <laughs> what do you think um what do you wish maybe uh what do you wish 
that faith or religious institutions knew or that they would maybe have discussions about or would do differently? I think it would be nice if they sat down and looked at all their contradictory messages that they <laughs> said, ah, there's a lot of confusion out there. About, like, like don't, don't, don't propone it to do something you really don't. Yeah, and don't, I, I have a difficult time being like, okay, well, it's okay that we use these particularly hand-picked verses or situations from the Bible to condemn someone, but we're not going to do that with other things like eating shellfish or cutting our hair or getting divorced or like, mm -hmm. or like this random verse, which you want to say is about gay people, which may or may not be about gay people, mm -hmm. is more important than this commandment about adultery. Interesting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like we're way more, you know, accepting and, and welcoming to those people right. than we are to gay people. That doesn't seem to hold water. Like, you know, yeah. and so maybe just really take a step back and look at yourselves because gay people are not the problem in this situation. Um, and you're really missing out on a huge population of, in in your perspective, right, as this church of, of God's people right? that you're choosing to exclude. And that may not work out so good for you in the end. You know, you don't know. <laughs> so I'm giving you some advice that you might want to look into before it's too late. I love the confidence. Yeah, like <laughs> please handle this now because I would hate for you to. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying. Your mission work's going pretty strong there. Nice yeah. job. <laughs> oh, funny. Well, thank you so much for chatting and sharing your story. Of and um, we hope to have quite a few other people come on to here and talk about their faith because the the conversation, right? Like people can have hope and see what there are options out there as you live your life. Some people I know have had really painful experiences and mm. we don't want this to be something that's extremely painful, but have a discussion of what options are open uh, to you as you live your life. Like, so your story is one that, that you know, hopefully people can look at and say, yeah, I can take away this from that. And um, hopefully we can find uh, and create a, a religious community that, that people are, are comfortable being who they are and still uh, follow their, their religious or faith path. Uh, whatever that looks like. Whether yeah, it's exactly. a very easy and fun one or whether it's a very difficult one, but to have the conversation at least. So, yeah, thanks well, for Thanks sharing. for providing the space for that. I really appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Thanks for joining us, Heather, today. Before we sign off, what is your favorite boba tea? got to say my favorite boba tea is the original right now. So and like, why is that? Because that is the only one I know how to order. <laughs> so I'm, I'm new. I'm new to oh, boba you're, tea. You're a boba tea virgin. Well, not anymore. Not but anymore. I'm light, but I'm only lightly used. No. Oh, lightly used. <laughs> Even better. So, yes. Yeah, so that's currently my, my favorite. But with, with the big bobas, 25% sweet. So, but I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to branch out and try some other kinds. So I'll get back to you. Awesome. Well, you guys can find us again on this podcast, Queer Religion Podcast. Or you can follow us at Queer Religion Podcast on Twitter. And if you wanted to send an email, it's going to be queerreligionpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys next time.